Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. My name is Katie Mashler, and I am so excited for you to be tuning in. If you want to make sure to get updated episodes every week, make sure you press subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Now, this week, I am super excited to introduce to you part two of the A-game, Adam Henley. He is a fitness and health specialist. And he joins me to discuss having external accountability and understanding that everyone is on their own journey and so much more. I hope he inspires you as much as he has inspired me. Awesome. So uh, my name's Adam Hindley. I am one of the three Adams from A-Game Consultancy. So there's myself and my two other business partners. We're all called Adam, which is crazy in itself, I know. And I believe that you're going to be talking to them guys as well. So it's going to be good to kind of get the, the, the trio of us all and get, get what we all do. But uh, basically, our business is it's a mindset business that focuses on helping people improve their mental, physical and internal health. And I cover everything physical side of it. So my background is personal training, physiotherapy, just biomechanics of the body. The way the body moves is my forte. So the injuries, the niggles, the pains that you don't even realize you don't know where they're coming from. That's my forte. That's what I do. Awesome. OK, you definitely have a lot of energy. I love it. What kind of uh, started you on that, I guess, path towards like physical health? Um, Well, it's always been like a matter of the subjects I did at school and stuff. And I went into university to do physiotherapy. But for me, it's always been around my relationship with exercise. And uh, without diving too deep into my story, it's like I, I basically... My story started with having issues around eating and binge eating and, and eating disorders, which men don't really tend to talk about. And um, from that, I always had my emotional attachment shift from binge eating and emotional eating and exercise. So I ended up learning a lot about exercise going through this remit of when I was 18 years old is when I first started training and going to the gym. And this was kind of my switch, my switch from my emotional eating and taking it to focus my emotions on something else, which wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing at the time. And this is where a game comes together a little bit further down the line. But basically it started because I'd shifted towards fitness, I'd shifted towards exercise. And then I was into all the kind of sciences, the biology, the biomechanics, how the body moved, that kind of stuff. And that led me down to going down the physiotherapy route, which is obviously like physiotherapy and, and like, physical therapy that kind of stuff has a lot of different remits you can go into hospitals and you can do all that kind of stuff but i'm mainly like physical health the way the body moves and the exercise side of it i love your openness with yeah you're totally right i've never i mean i've been in conversations with like disordered eating and like that kind of stuff but it's mainly just with women i totally appreciate i love i don't want to love hearing that but i love hearing (laughs) people be open with it and comfortable to give advice and acknowledge because it's truly something that like a lot of people do suffer so that's awesome yeah and i mean this is a a path that like i got my degree in physiotherapy and then i became a qualified personal trainer after that and i actually through this yo-yo dieting kind of up and down approach basically i um i went from being an overweight bartender in this this article, like this weight loss transformation, this journey was featured in national newspapers in the UK over here. And I went from like what I call doing depression. 
So I was like doing all the acts of what a depressed person would do, sitting around in my pants, not doing any exercise, not doing any meditation, eating crap food and all these kind of things, which led me to be overweight and have a poor relationship with food, a poor relationship with alcohol. And I left bartending and I, I, I took a break from alcohol and I lost over five and a half stone over the course of the next year and a half and went from being overweight, doing bartending and all this kind of stuff, doing depression, to actually standing on a bodybuilding stage under like 5% body fat. Wow. Um, so like I went really from one end of the scale to the other. Like I say, this, that weight loss transformation got featured in national news here in the UK. But a big thing for me was how I thought I'd cracked my relationship with food, but I hadn't. It was the complete opposite. Like just because I'd restricted myself so much and I changed my emotion from binge eating to restrictive eating, I'd realized that I hadn't fixed the issue that was going on in my mind. And my biggest takeaway for anyone on listening to this podcast is your body is a byproduct of what your mind's thinking. And obviously like exercising and stuff can help your mindset. It can help progress, but your body is a byproduct of your mind and your mental state and your, and what you're, and how you're feeling. So my relationship, me doing a lot of work on my relationship with food has now created a happier body, a happier body, which is a byproduct of my current state because that restrictive eating and the restrictive dieting that I was doing was just not sustainable in the longer term. And I might have looked my best, but I felt my worst. I told I might have one of my friends who definitely has like experienced that same thing. And she preaches, she's like, look up, like she shows pictures of like when she was restrictive eating and thought she was so fit, but now she's like healthily eating and like appreciating all the food that she's enjoying and letting herself eat carbs. I, I love watching her, like her experience grow from either side. So mm. with that being said, how do you say there's like some holiday or Thanksgiving or, you know, times when like people who do struggle with like eating disorders kind of do struggle. What are your kind of, I guess, paths around that or kind of steps to not really yeah. avoid, but kind of help? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it'll sound really simple. And a lot of these things that we, that we all talk about again, they're all simple, but they're not easy. And it's, it's more about the kind of your internal dialogue. It's more about how you process the situation yourself. Because there's always going to be events. There's always going to be occasions. There's always going to be dinners. There's always going to be different things like that that you're going to go to and you're going to get some form of trigger. You're going to get some form of um, something that basically makes you think about these kind of things, makes you think about the binge eating, maybe makes you think about if it's the other way around and it's kind of the restrictive eating and maybe the, maybe like bulimia or anorexia, these kind of things as well. And the best thing that I can say is you, you need to try and avoid going into the self-loving mentality and beating yourself up and understanding that everybody is on a journey, is everyone is going on their own their own path and the way through it. But if you're going into self-loving mentalities, then this causes a spiral reaction. And it's obviously the spiral is like you go, you go into doing it more and you get into doing it more and you feel worse, you get overwhelmed and you go into doing it more and more. And what we need to do is we need to give ourselves, give ourselves a break a little bit, practice some self-love and some self-care around it. And there's a great book called The Untethered Soul. And it talks about internal dialogue a lot. And 
the way that we talk to ourselves. And there's a great saying around this, that if you talk to yourself, if you talk to other people, the way that you talk to yourself, you'd have no friends. And this, the way that people talk to themselves a lot of the time is so negative. And this is exactly what happens in these kind of events and these kind of uh, meals or days out or things like that. We often go to this negative mindset and we go to this negative language. But if you start to think about how you would talk to another person and the book talks about treating your mind as if it is a roommate and it's treating that internal dialogue, that conversation with you have with yourself as it is somebody else that's living in your head so that you start to treat this person with more respect and in turn that voice then treats you with more respect. And it's like, if you stop talking to them, thinking like you're talking to yourself and you talk to it like crap, but you talk to them like with a bit of compassion and a bit of empathy, then you actually start to have a better relationship with yourself, which allows you to not go into self-loathing, not going into that downward spiral that makes you actually deal with the situation for what it is and not worse than it is. Yes, I can totally relate to that. I have definitely felt the spiral as well as I might might be the queen of negative self-talk, but I am working on it. Part of this podcast is talking to people and meeting people and introducing myself to literally people that in my head I'm telling I don't have any business talking to, but in reality, people are more than happy to share advice. So I love Mm. it. That's awesome. What are some kind of like tools and resources that you use to kind of stay mindful and practice all these coaching skills all these all the time yeah yeah so a big a big thing for me for anyone who is who is on the self-development journey right now or wanting to start it or wanting to take action for for these things is you need to have uh, what we call the five stages of change we need to make sure that you've got an element of these five stages in your life and you're aware of them before you go on a journey or a or set yourself a challenge if it's weight loss if it's around your diet if it's around setting up a new business if whatever it is you need to make sure that you've got these five stages to make sure that you actually make the lasting change so stage one is you need to be painfully aware that there's an issue so if we go through the weight loss one for example it may be that you just get out of the shower you see your reflection in the mirror and you're like what the hell is this like you actually like you physically hate what you're seeing in the mirror and it's painful. It needs to be painful. You need to have that, your favorite pair of jeans or your favorite tops, the button doesn't do. And the button's popping off and you're like, my God, like something that is really, really going to hit home and going to sit with you quite hard. And this needs to be your kind of, your why, your reason for doing what you're doing, because you need to keep coming back to this because there's going to be times where it's raining outside and it's dark and you don't want to get up and you, you don't want to go do the run or you don't want to go do the gym session. You don't want to prep your meals. But you need to come back to this moment to make sure that you can use it to progress in the right way. And then we come to point two, which is I've got a riddle for you here. And there's five frogs on a log. Four of them decide to jump off. How many are left on the log? One. One. So a decision means nothing on its own. A decision, I can make a decision to turn this off and leave this podcast now. I'm not going to do that, but I can make a decision to do that. So a decision means nothing on its own. So there's five frogs still on the log because they all made a decision, but they didn't take any action. So we need to make sure we've made a decision to make this change. This is the thing we need to make sure we've made the choice, we've made a decision. Because if we are, then we're just going to be prancing about. And it's not like saying walking around the garden saying there's no weeds when we already truly know there's some weeds and we need to rip them out. So you've made this 
decision. You've got your why. Now we're going to go on to point three, which is getting the right strategy in place. So I'm sure everybody who is listening to this, myself included, has gone, okay, right, Monday morning, my diet starts Monday. My diet starts Monday. Then they go to their kitchen, they go to the fridge on Monday, and they haven't got any healthy food in. They haven't got anything prepped or ready to go. So they're like, okay, diet starts next Monday. And that's exactly it. If you haven't got the right strategy in place, you're never going to succeed and you're never going to set yourself up to be as successful as you can. So you need to make sure the strategy is in place. Point four is accountability. And this is external accountability because you are the only person that you can't lie to, but you are also the easiest person to lie to. So I love (laughs) (laughs) you need to make sure that you're, you're getting somebody outside of yourself to hold you accountable because you're the only person that knows what you need to do, but you're also the only person knows are you truly doing it or not. When, when we try and keep ourselves accountable, this is the mindset that we go through. So we need to make sure that we are getting external accountability. It could be from a friend. It could be from a family member. It could be from a coach or someone like that. Like, like they, that's the important bit. It's someone who is going to truly hold you accountable, though. It can't be like a family member that you go, oh, you're going to make sure, make sure I go, go to the gym. But then when it comes to the time when you're going to go to the gym and you go, no, no, I don't want to. They go, okay, okay, see you later. It's like, that's not accountability. You need someone that's going to be like, send me a selfie every time you get into the gym. Let me know when you're in the gym. Let me know when you've done your workout. And often a lot of the time, family members maybe close to you, but they may not do that. So often someone who you could potentially do it with, like a, a friend who you could go to the gym with or do a, do a diet with is, is a, a great way of looking at it. And then the final point, this is the most important point, to take massive, imperfect action. You need to take action. You need to do it. We need to not wait until all the ducks are in a row because a little secret for you, they're never in a row. They're never going to be in a row. <laughs> you just need to do it. You need to start now. You need to get perfect later. Take a ready, fire, aimer mentality. Get yourself ready. Go. And then you can weave along the way and get into the right, the right lane, the right path after you've, after you've done that there. And these are the five stages of change. They're big. They're big, big steps to take to make lasting change. Wow, five step program and some riddles all all in one little <laughs> sound clip right there. That was awesome. I loved that. All right. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time. You've already shared a lot of inspirational advice. Um, do you have any last piece of advice that so for someone who may be struggling with a disordered eating or maybe looking into changing their fitness or health regimen? Yeah. Um of course, yeah. It's- the first point is that you're never on your own. Like everyone can feel very, it's a very lonely process sometimes going through this self-development and you're not, like you're never on your own. There's a lot of people going through it. They may be in front of you a little bit, they may be behind you a little bit, but you're not on your own. So I always advise looking out for communities, looking out for other people that you can connect with that are doing this. Uh, us at A-Game, we've got a great Facebook group full of people that are all on this self-development journey, which we're um, obviously more than happy for anyone to come in and join and just take the, the self-development and take the journey to that next level. And the next one is the 1% rule. It's really just every single day, just try and be 1% better because we often want the result quick and we want it now. And honestly, I couldn't care less about the beach body that you want next year. I want you to have the perfect, the beach body that you want every year after that. So these whole beach body, get lean in 
six week kind of diet plans. I don't want that. I want you to make sustainable change that you can keep consistently. So the 1% rule is great for this because it basically means that you're doing a small little bit every single day and you're getting incrementally better rather than going, okay, right, tomorrow I'm going to do meditation. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to drink five liters of water. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because you're going to cause overwhelm and you're going to, it's not going to fit into your routine. Then we go into self-loathing because we didn't get on plate everything that we do and the spiral starts again. Rather than going tomorrow, I'm just going to go out for a five minute walk. The next day, I'm going to actually carry my water bottle around with me all day. When I'm carrying my water bottle, it means I'm going to stay hydrated. And then the next day after that is I'm going to go actually on calm or headspace. I'm going to do a quick 10-minute guided meditation. And then, okay, well, the next day, actually, my walk's been feeling quite good. I might do a bit of a jog or I might go to the gym. And then all of a sudden, 10 days later, and we're 10% better, and we've got all these different new things in our life that we can actually manage, it's going to be a lot easier than going full throttle from day one straight away and everybody wants to do that they're like today is the day i changed my life no what about this is the year i changed my life let's change your life over a year not change it over a week because that's going to be a lot more sustainable so any advice to anyone is don't jump into the deep end learn to swim first and let's kind of go nice and steady from that point there that is perfect advice. And you are absolutely full of analogies. And I love it. I know. Sayings same, same and analogies. <laughs> but also, yes, keep your water bottle. That is my number one thing. I am trying. I purposely have stored like a water bottle in my office and then my car. And then once well, so I can't have the excuse of, oh, I don't have my water bottle to fill. Mm. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for your time today. That was awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's been good. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you're feeling super generous and want to spread the word about this podcast, it really does make a difference. If you want to follow us on social media, follow us on Instagram at Quest for New Inspiration or on Twitter at New Inspiration Pod. I hope you guys have an amazing day.